0: Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for these encounters that we've been studying. And as we've been going through different encounters you've had with people, I pray that you would help us to encounter you this evening. I pray, Lord, that you'd please draw close to us, guide us with your spirit, and teach us from thy word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. And as you go in there, I do encourage you as much as possible. You know, even though I have the slides up, please make sure that you follow along in your own Bible too. But Jesus' encounter with the 5,000, the feeding of the 5,000, is actually found in all Gospels. And we're going to go to quite a few of them. um, But we're going to start here in Matthew chapter 14. Let's turn the Bibles there, shall we? Matthew 14 and verse 13. The Bible says this, When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot, out of the cities. When Jesus heard of it, what did Jesus hear about? Well, John the Baptist had just been killed. He had just been beheaded. And we read this in the few verses just before Matthew 14 and verse 13, starting in verse 10. And he sent and beheaded John in prison. And his head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel, and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took up the body and buried it, And went and told Jesus. John the Baptist, his cousin, the forerunner, the one that would prophesy of his first coming, was beheaded in prison. And Jesus would have to go out into a desert place, a place where he could be alone. He needed space, he needed time, a quiet place to mourn for John the Baptist. He, after all, was his cousin and just six months his senior. John the Baptist's ministry had only lasted for six months, and it was a mighty and powerful ministry. And Jesus, he needed some time alone. Why? It's just what we need when we go through some loss. Of course, it's not to be totally alone all the time, but Jesus, he went out seeking for some space. You see, Jesus at this time was famous already. People had heard where he was going, and they went out and followed him wherever he went. There was hardly a moment that he had to himself during the waking hours. They would come from everywhere, following by foot, and look. You have to remember that this was a time where there was no internet, no telephones, no sort of those quick and instant communications, isn't it? We didn't have those social media platforms to figure out where Jesus was preaching so we could just follow him. No, friends, Jesus, even though in this time, he it was so backwards 2,000 years ago, he attracted large crowds, yet Jesus, he just wanted to be alone at this time. And the only time that he really had to himself was early in the morning when everyone was sound asleep where he could have his communion time with his father. But even though he wanted that alone time, friends, he never turned anyone away. He understood his mission. He knew the reason for which he had come to this earth. We're told in Matthew chapter 14 and verse 14, and Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. You know, even when Jesus needed some compassion, even when he needed some time to be apart to weep and mourn for, for his, his cousin and John the Baptist, the greatest of all prophets, even when the people came, he turned his attention from self, and he put his attention and compassion upon other people. The Bible there said, he healed the sick. Now, the people had come looking for him, and he was famous. But why? Of course, we have many indications already. But let's go to a parallel passage that we'd see about the feeding of the 5,000, and you'll see why the people came. John chapter 6 and verse 2, the Bible says this And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. So they came because he was the great miracle healer. They were expecting a miracle. They probably had people lined up that were sick that needed a miracle. His healing touch, they wanted to be made whole. And so many people from all over town, all over the cities, wherever they were, they came out looking for Jesus, Christ was famous. Not a moment to grieve. And Christ's heart, he was bound up with his people as well because he knew the mission and the reason for which he came. And so we continue to read now in Mark chapter 6 and verse 34. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd, And he began to teach them many things. You know, friends, Christ's heart, it went out in compassion to every single person. He was moved with that compassion when he needed it himself. But he didn't think of self. He went about being busy healing and teaching the people. And without realizing it, the day wore on and it was coming to an end. The busyness of Christ just made the day and probably each day just zoom by even faster. And so the disciples, they finally come to Jesus. And we don't even know if he had time for breakfast or lunch. But here we read in Mark chapter 6 now in verse 35 and 36. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away that they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy for themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat." This was the evening time. It was dinner time already. And they came, they come, the disciples come to Jesus. Jesus, we know you're busy. You could probably go till midnight. But now, please, send these people away so that they can get their own food. It was obvious that the disciples were not prepared to feed every single one of these people, this whole crowd that had come looking for Jesus. But Jesus does not let the disciples off the hook so easily. Let's keep reading. Now in John chapter 6, starting in verse 5. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes, and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread, that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. You see, Jesus knew that they were going to come into this situation, He knew that they were going to run out of time. He knew that the people were going to be hungry. And if some of them had been let go and to go and find their own food, some of them might not have made it to the closest restaurant or the place where they could find food. Some of them might have fainted from hunger. And so Jesus knew, and he intentionally asked the disciples first. And here we read who that disciple was. It was Philip. And he says, where shall... How can we get bread for everybody? How can we feed everybody? And Christ, he said this intentionally to them to to test them, to see how they were going to respond. And it was not just Philip, because the other disciples must have been standing around. They were the ones that were always closest to Christ when he was healing and when he was teaching. He was Really, his focus and aim was on the 12 disciples first to train them for ministry, so they were all close by. And he was testing the faith of the disciples. He wanted to teach them a very important lesson. You know, friends, sometimes God brings us intentionally into straight places, into difficult places just to test us, just to test our faith, to see how we would react, to see how we would respond to such a problem or to such a crisis. You know, it's just like how God tested the Israelites when they came out of the land of Egypt. When they were set free from from the Egyptians by those 10 plagues that God poured out upon them, God was leading them with a pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. Moses was their quote-unquote human visible leader. There was a visible leader in the cloud and in the fire, but they were in their own minds in some ways following Moses. So Moses was following God and, you know, God was leading them. And if you map out how God led them, he intentionally brought them down to a dead end, the Red Sea, to see how they would react. It was a dead end between the water and the Egyptians. And of course, God opened the way finally for them, but he wanted to see how they would react, and they blamed Moses. This would not be the last time they would be tested. When they were dying of thirst, one time the water was bitter, one time there was no water, and every single time they complained. You know, friends, God brings us into certain situations to see the quality of our faith, that really we might understand the quality of our faith. And so maybe, maybe just this evening, you're going through some difficult circumstance, and it's not because of anything you did wrong. It's not because of some oversight. Maybe it's not even because of any sin, but this problem has come into your life. And friends, maybe God is testing you to see how you're going to react. Look. I know during this pandemic, during this COVID situation time, many people are being tested. Many people are being sifted. And the characters of many people are being made known. But the question is, friends, are we aware of our failures, where we come short, where we're able to overcome? Can we see how God is trying to mold our characters and guide each and every one of our lives? Christ was doing that with his disciples. And even though he would ask the disciples, where where can we get this money from that everyone can eat? He already knew the answer, but he was waiting to see how the disciples would answer. So how does Philip respond? John chapter 6 and verse 7. Philip answered him, 200 pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. He obviously did not know that Christ was testing him. He just answered with human eyes, Christ, 200 penny worth is not enough. And maybe that's all they had in their bank account. But you know, one penny was equivalent to one day's wage. Or in Malaysia here, that's about maybe a hundred ringgit. And he'll be saying, look, Christ, 20,000. That's all we got in our, our little uh, discipleship, uh, disciple bank account. It's not enough to feed everybody. They obviously did not have enough resources for everybody. And that answer was obvious. But you see, the problem was Philip was only looking with human eyes. Let's continue. Verse 8 and 9 of John chapter 6. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad here, which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, But what are they among so many? You know, first got to credit the boy, the little boy, this little lad that the disciples had found. And we don't know whether he was pressured into sharing with Jesus. But let's credit him for actually being willing in the first place to share his food. Obviously, for a little boy like that, It must have been enough just for maybe his brother or sister to come with him or his mother, just a few people. Definitely not enough even just to feed the 12 disciples and Jesus alone, never mind the crowd that was there with Christ at that time. But look, it was because of his willingness, this little boy's willingness. That he and the whole world, because it's written down in all four Gospels, that we would all see the amazing miracle that Jesus was about to do. Yet, even though the disciples, they're willing to bring this boy, they're still doubtful. They say, what? What is this among so many? How are we even able to feed everybody? They still had doubt but at least they were still willing to bring the boy to Jesus. And so what does Christ do next? Let's continue reading. John chapter 6, verses 10 and 11. And Jesus said, make the men to sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. So this is how we know that Jesus fed 5,000. And in other places, really, some passages, it says 5,000 beside women and children. So there was probably about closer to 10,000 people there that day, maybe even 20,000. But let's continue. And Jesus took the loaves, verse 11, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down and likewise of the fishes. As many as they would. So Jesus, he takes the bread. Well, he gets everyone to sit down, right? He takes the bread, he gives thanks, he blesses it, and then he takes from there the bread and gives it to the disciples. And from there, he expects the disciples to give it to the people that are sitting down. This is the order from Jesus to the disciples, from the disciples to the people. This is what we call, friends, gospel order. God has a system in a way in which he works. And he could have just gotten everyone to line up right and just hand it out. Okay, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. But no, God, Jesus, had a a reason for everyone to walk around. Well, really, it was for the people to sit down and the disciples to walk around and give to other people. He continued to show the disciples that they had a part in the feeding of the multitude. It would be the disciples that would see this miracle of Jesus up close firsthand as he put into that little bag and brought out food and the bread and the bread and just never ran out. God, you know, friends, still works in exactly the same way today as well. He's not changed in how the order and the system in which he had set up there in feeding the 5,000 was to be performed even in our present day. Look at Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1. The Bible says this, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Here we see a few more steps. The revelation of Jesus Christ, God the Father gives to Jesus. Jesus gives it to the angel, and the angel then gives it to John, which is John the Revelator, not John the Baptist here. So there is order. God, when He blesses us, He wants us to go and give it to other people. He wants us to be that blessing. It's not that He doesn't want to give it to everybody, but there is a role in which we must play, in which we must fulfill if we have received the blessing. And in the case of the feeding of the 5,000, the disciples had received the most blessings. They were the ones expected to serve. And friends, if you have been blessed by God, if you've witnessed miracles in your life, if you know that God has moved upon your life and poured out blessings from heaven, He wants you to also be the giver, not just the receiver all the time, but to be a blessing to everyone else. Can God work through angels? He absolutely can. But He gives this work to us, not to be a responsibility so that we can go to heaven is not a prerequisite. No, in the giving to others, we become a blessing and it gives health to our souls. It helps us to be a blessing. And God is still wanting to work through people today. Look at Amos chapter three and verse seven. The Bible says this, surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret Unto his servants, the prophets, God still wants to work through humanity today. And friends, it is absolutely more blessed to give than to receive. You know, it is health for the soul. In the natural world, all lives to gives except humanity. Do you know that? When you look at the tree, it takes in carbon dioxide. And then it gives out pure, beautiful oxygen. The streams that go down to the sea, it feeds into the sea, and then the water gets evaporated and goes back up, and we get this constant supply of fresh water. You know, God blesses us with so many things in nature where we see it all lives to give even the little ants you know they say that if we get rid of all the ants in the world there would be no life they live to give in all their tunnelings and all the quest for their own food and their needs somehow they leave a trail of blessing behind all except humanity You know, friends, too many times we're caught up with self. We're we're ready to to not help people. You know, like the disciples say, we don't have enough money, God. We don't have enough money to feed people, and we're not willing. We're not willing. Sure, feeding 5,000 people, when's the last time you've ever fed 5,000? I've never fed 5,000. You know, even 100 is a tall task, or 300, or 1,000 people. This is 5,000 people besides women and children. And God is not saying that you have to take this huge leap of faith. But yet he still put the disciples in this position. Where are we going to feed all these people? He wanted them to be responsible for it. He wanted them to be the channel of blessing. He wanted it to be something that would be health for their souls as well. But so often we're caught up with our own lives, aren't we? Caught up with our own selves. Caught up with our own jobs. Caught up with our own money. Caught up with our own health and our own time. But Christ, He gives us the bread of life, the Word of God, so that we can be a blessing to others. You know, maybe some of us, the reason why our devotional life is so dry is because we're not using it to be a blessing. We're not sharing it. Our devotional life and reading the Bible is not just, oh, to make me a better person and that was it. But better person in what way? To share. If the word of God here has blessed you, why not use that word and share it with someone else so that it might bless them as well. You know, sometimes when I do my devotion, I've got to be honest, it can be dry. It's not just about reading the Bible through and reading it and keep reading and studying. There must be purpose. You can't just write a commentary and just keep it to yourself. Some of us we like to keep that and not share it, and because you know I thought of those those, those information. But friends, we got to use the information, use the, our time of devotion, and anything that we get as a blessing from God, to be a blessing to other people. And that's where then the truth becomes more relevant. It becomes more practical, because you see how what you have. Is really a tremendous blessing to many people and that's the thing sometimes even as theologians you know we can study one topic for years we can do a PhD or a masters and we'll focus on one text for years and we realize because we haven't been sharing it it becomes impractical but whereas a person who has just a little just like the disciples bread and fish and they were going out and sharing, it became a huge blessing to eventually feed 5,000. Just like that man who was a demoniac that had the demon cast out, he went out and became a blessing to the whole town. Just like that woman who, who had the five husbands but Jesus didn't condemn her, she went and brought a whole town to Jesus. We have to do the little, and we got to learn to be that blessing. You know, friends, God, he, he gives us these situations and I know that He blesses us so that we can be witnesses, these situations and opportunities to be a blessing to someone else. And so friends, if you've not shared a praise yet, if you've not typed it out there in the Facebook chat, please share one praise, be a witness, share of God's blessings to other people. If you're not sharing, you're dying. You can't just say, well, 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 I, I'm still reading my Bible. I'm still keeping it in. But that's spiritual constipation. And if you don't share it, you soon lose it. You forget, just like the human mind. If you don't share what you learn, it becomes dead knowledge, isn't it? We've got to continue to share. Well, look, we don't know how long it took to feed the 5,000. But it must have been a few hours. You you know. You don't just feed 5,000 just like that with the click of the finger. I mean, they're spread out far and wide. You know, there, there was no uh, scooter or car or, you know, anything to drive around and throw the bread off. No, the disciples were walking back and forth. They were the ones that were busiest. The people were made to sit down in companies of 50 so that they could receive it in a more orderly manner. But the disciples, they must have been running around for a few hours. But you see, friends, let's keep reading first. John chapter 6, verse 12. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Jesus commands to gather up all The fragments. And we're not talking about crumbs. I don't think the disciples were gathering up the fragments, the crumbs to, you know, let's not litter the the, the countryside. All this food was biodegradable, anyways. No, but gather up the fragments that nothing be lost. There was still left over, and we're talking about probably even whole pieces of bread and whole pieces of fish. There was fragments for the for for people to gather up. And you know, there was definitely more than enough to go around. That was, that was evident in what we are seeing here. Not a single person went home hungry. But how much was actually left over? John chapter 6 and verse 13. Therefore they gathered them together and filled, how many baskets? Twelve baskets Baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. There was twelve baskets left over. And look, we can't help but notice just a little bit of significance with this number twelve. Twelve baskets, twelve disciples. Each disciple would have gathered. One basket each. And look, we don't know whether that's for practicality's sake. But we can know that the disciples, every single one of them, had a witness to see there clearly that God would provide more than enough for every single person and even more. You know, they would be able to see that even though they had 200 pennies in their little pouch, Jesus did not need their money. He could have just fed them at His will, but not only did He feed them, He fed them so much so that they had even 12 baskets left over, more than enough. Friends, why do we worry about our temporal needs as if we're going to go hungry? We need not to worry. Not to say that we shouldn't be, be going out, focusing, working to, to earn a living. It's not that. But some of us, we worry so much that we end up losing our focus on Christ. We forget that He's going to provide for us. We forget stories like these, and especially a story like this, where He fed 5,000. 5,000 men beside women and children. He fed probably close to 10,000 people. And he reminds us again, oh, ye of little faith, look at the sparrow. It doesn't sow, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't plan, it just, every day it finds food, and God takes care of the bird, takes care of the grass, he takes care of nature, he will take care of us, and too many of us, were too caught up with the future. And I'm not saying this just for you all. As a pastor, I don't earn much, and I'm constantly thinking about the future. God's reminding me, Ben, stop worrying. Stop worrying about the future. Focus on doing my will. And not to say that they should have um, taken the 200 pennies that they had in their bank account and emptied it and just paid the people, but no. Or, I mean, fed the people, but no. They had to go about and do their very best, and God would multiply their efforts. And in this case, he didn't multiply the money. He multiplied the food, the possessions, the need. You know, too often, we wait for God to multiply our overflow. God, just, you know, I have one million, please give me 10 million now, and then I'll serve you, you know? And we give God conditions like this, but no, too often, more often than not, really, maybe even 100% of the time, God does not even do that. He doesn't. He tells the rich young ruler, sell everything that you have. I don't need your possessions. I need your heart. And so... Too often we're caught up with the rat race. We're caught up with earning and making a living. But Jesus here in this feeding of the 5,000, he's reminding us again today, even when, when many people are hard hit with the pandemic and people are struggling to survive and some are going hungry. He says, stop focusing on making a living. Stop. Stop worrying about it. Yes, go to work, but make sure you serve me. Make sure you tell others about me. Make sure you share with people the Word of God that you've been reading. Be a witness. Make sure you're doing my work in this time. And if you do, I will take care of you. There'll be 12 baskets left over. You'll have more in abundance when you do my work than when you began. You see that, friends? He wanted the disciples to be focused on giving the bread of life to people, not just worried about earning and making a living. But you know, friends, there was also another reason why these 12 baskets would have been collected. Look, Jesus didn't say gather the fragments so that nothing can be lost so that we can go and make a compost heap out of it, so we can be good citizens of nature, no. Friends, you know what it would have do- they would have done? They wouldn't have thrown it away. They would have stood there as the people were leaving and say, "Please take some extra home. Take it home, eat it at home, let it be a blessing to you for the next few days." It would have been a witness beyond just the people that were sitting there on the hillside. You know that young boy would have come back and said, uh, and he would have probably had ten barley loaves and five small fishes. And mom said, "Where'd you get this from? Did you steal?" No? Well, what happened? Did you not eat your lunch or your dinner? No, I did. I'm so full, mother. I can't eat any extra. So where did this come from? And then the story would have become out. You see, friends, even just providing for this small little blessing, the gospel message went out far beyond the 5,000 people that were present there. When we become that blessing to one, to two, to fifty. We don't realize the far-reaching results of what God wants to do through every single one of us, to the blessings of the families beyond that will be able to taste of the bread of life. Friends, let us be weary with well-doing. Let us be caught up with being a blessing to the world that day where jesus fed the five thousand would have lasted in the minds of many for a long time but even to those that were not witnesses they had evidence of the bread you went to listen to jesus and you come back with food how is that the story would have been circulating around for many years and even today it still is jesus he tells us stop worrying about your food. Stop worrying about the clothes on your back. Stop worrying about all of that. God, I will provide for you, he says. Be worried about distributing the Word of God, the bread of life to people. Be involved in that and you don't need to worry. The righteous have never been begging bread or gone hungry or been thirsty. God has provided for every single One of them. But now, friends, let's come to the end of the story. John chapter 6, 14 and 15. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. After the miracle, people believed Christ even more. Oh, he was that prophet that should come. He is that Messiah. But they took it one step further. They want to make him king, isn't it? They're ready to crown him king. And last week, we saw how John the Baptist misunderstood Christ's mission. He himself thought that, hey, I'm in prison. Jesus, if you're the Messiah, you're going to be king. Why don't you take me out of prison, right? He had misunderstood the mission of Jesus in coming to the world for the first time. And now we see all these people, they misunderstood as well. And some of them might have been standing there when Jesus said to John's disciples, go back and tell John what you have seen. In other words, He's misunderstood me. I did not come to set up a temporal kingdom to come and conquer the Romans. But now the 5,000, they've been fed. They're happy, they're satisfied. They are ready to make Jesus king. And maybe they have it in their minds, you know. Jesus is gonna make the perfect king. We will, for certain, conquer the Romans. Why? We'll go attack them. And if anyone get hurt, Jesus can heal them. He can resurrect them. And we got no food. It's okay. He just needs one piece of bread. And he just keeps multiplying it. He would have been the perfect general, leader, to lead them into battle against the Romans. All they had was temporal view in mind. They wanted to make Jesus king. And it was for no spiritual reason. We are like that, friends, sometimes. There are some people that have gotten rich through ministry. And they set up a temporal kingdom. They get much money through their preaching, through their churches. And so they focus on money after that. You know, they don't realize that the blessing that God gave was to be scattered even further. Oh God, you can turn five loaves into 10,000 loaves. They think about how much money they could earn. We just need to sell it for, we can do it at a discounted rate. Sell one bun for, not even one penny, one shekel. And we'll still become millionaires and then we will so go and serve God, isn't it? They misunderstood Christ's mission. And friends, do you misunderstand Christ's mission today? We're focused on money and supporting ourselves and supporting our, our, our mission work and we think that we have to go into business as well just to support the work. But friends, maybe that's not the case. Maybe God is not telling you you need to now go and fundraise and, and get the money. No, friends, you go do the work. You just go do the work and you will find that the miracles will come. These people, they misunderstood Christ. They misunderstood the reason why he came was to save them from sin and to give them the bread of life, not physical bread, not a bigger home, not a more luxurious and comfortable life. No, friends, they had misunderstood. They came looking for a miracle. They found the miracle, but they wanted more of the physical, of the temporal And so they were ready to make him king. And you know, it's not just the people, but the disciples also were ready to do it as well. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. You know, Jesus, he goes about to break up the crowd, to scatter them and disperse them, to to thwart their plans of making him a king. And you know, friends, it's so easy. Even the disciples were slow to understand and comprehend the mission of Christ. It was only John the Baptist that did, and even he misunderstood. How much more do we today? We look at the gospel and we think, prosperity. Some of us look at the, 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 the riches and the, the money and all of this. And some people, they, they, they build churches just to have more tithe and more offering. And we go about it in the wrong way. Christ says, that's not my focus. The reason why you should be having bigger churches is so that you can give the message clearly to more people. That's what we should be doing. But you will realize that when you read the life of Christ, when Jesus gave the bread of life, not many people followed. Some Many, in fact, in John, they would leave because Jesus would speak the truth to them. And so now it's two weeks in a row that we've studied this, first with John the Baptist, but even now with the feeding of the 5,000 friends, this evening I want to ask you, have you misunderstood the blessings of Christ? Have you misunderstood why he multiplies the bread and fish in your life? The disciples didn't go home with a whole basket. They didn't go and and take that basket and Jesus said, sell whatever you have, you can keep it for your pocket money. He didn't say, say that. They would distribute it to the people and they would take it home and to be a blessing. What were the disciples left with? What they had at the very beginning. Enough to eat for that day and 200 pennies. They weren't made richer because of that miracle. But they understood a bit more god's mission for each of them they were busy serving giving that physical temporal bread which today god's people have to be busy giving the spiritual bread of life to people friends have you misunderstood your mission oh it's so easy sometimes the blessings come and we think that god wants to make us rich He wants to make me rich so that I can be the the giver to, to the work and not realizing that we have to be involved in the giving. Friends, make sure you don't get caught up thinking that God wants you to set up a temporal kingdom. We have to be like that little boy. Faith like a little child. To be willing to share the little that we have. And if we learn, when we have little, to share the little that we have, when God multiplies it, we realize that the much that we have is not even ours as well. You don't need to upgrade your living and upgrade a lifestyle just because you earn much more now. Yes, look, get a better car maybe and a house that's reasonable. But there should be a limit, a limit as to how far we go in the sort of lifestyle that we live, isn't it? We got to understand God's will for us. And if we are willing to share the little that we have, we will see miracles. Look, I don't need you to be a preacher. You don't need to go and preach to thousands out there. You just need to preach to one. Just share with one. Just share one praise. Just go and and click share on, 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 you know, share the sermon with somebody. Share it to be a blessing. Help them to see how, how God desires to be a blessing in their life so much that God cares, yes, even about the temporal, but he doesn't want us to focus only on that. Only. But yet even sometimes God's people, those that have been walking with him and and talking with him and have a relationship with him, we, we, we get caught up with the gold and the glitter just like the disciples. They were wanting to make Jesus king as well and so Jesus sent them off on a boat and then Christ would send the, the crowds away to help them to realize he did not come to set up a temporal kingdom. And friends, when Jesus comes for a second time, even then, he's not setting up a temporal kingdom. He's bringing us to heaven, and he's going to destroy everything that is on this earth, everything that we have ever worked for, owned, and desired. And the more that we have, the more we will cling to our treasures as well. So friends, day by day, God He wants to separate us from the the love of this world. Too many of us, I think we we don't like to admit it, but we really love this world. We love buying stuff. We love going shopping. We love getting the latest of everything, isn't it? Friends, let's just get involved in the work of God. You know, some of us, we, we got things backwards. And, you know, uh, let me talk about this live stream that, that, that's been going on for now pretty much a year. March 18, which was yesterday, was when Malaysia went into lockdown. It's been one year now. And it will be this weekend, that will be now one year that we have been online. And at the beginning, you'll see, I just used my, my uh, well, what was it? I just used my iPhone to come online. But as the months progress, then I got the camera, and then I got a, a, a mic, you know? And these things, and, and you know some of us, we, we get all these things first, we, we get involved in all these gadgets first, but we don't have a message. We have the good intentions and, and it's because really, we're focused on, on, on these gadgets and, and all these things that we want. People don't realize that my lighting is just a floodlight. I went and bought a floodlight and put it behind one of my photography umbrellas that I've had for 12 years. You know, just just start sharing the Word. Don't worry about the lighting. Don't worry about a mic. Just start sharing. Have something to share. Have the bread of life. Have it in possession in your soul and in your heart and in your hands ready to share. And then when you're ready, God will give you the people. He will. You don't worry about the mic, the internet, the lighting, even your clothes. Don't need to worry about any of this. Let us be worried about who we're going to share it to. Let us be willing that God God would help us to be able to share it with somebody else. And if we're willing, God will lead us in the right path, at the right time, to the right people, to know who to share it how to share it but too often we just say i want to do it online or that's it i don't want to do it at all don't give god those conditions friends let us learn to just ask god where do you want me to be and he might just tell you go share it to your family go and tell the people around in your town there you don't need to be a missionary to go on a mission trip overseas to share you can share it with your neighbor For those that you see every day when you're walking downstairs, just share it with somebody. We've got to start small. Be willing to bring the little that we have to Christ. And at the right time, He will multiply it. He will bless it if we are willing. Let us pray. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for or this story that you've given to us and how you multiplied the blessings through the willingness of that little boy and the willingness of the disciples who brought it to Christ. Oh Lord, please, help us to bring the little that we have to you. Help us not to misunderstand your mission and it's not to, for us to have a temporal kingdom here on this earth. But help us to be busy about our master's business. Lord, I pray that you please Help us all to be witnesses. Help us to see that you are pouring out your blessings upon us today so that we can be a blessing to everybody else. Remind us, Lord, and if if we are forgetting that, if we're prone to forget, Lord, we are prone to forget, in fact. Please, bring situations in our lives that will open our eyes to help us to see that we've fallen away from you. So, Father, please, guide us this day. Lead us Bless us and help us to be a blessing this day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.